0: Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Miketz Raviyah, the fourth Aliyah in Parashas Miketz. Aliyah 23 psokhim, running from Perek Aleph, Pasuk Dun to Perek Mambez, Pasuk Yed Ches. The main idea of Aliyah is the uh, claim of espionage. Let's take a look at a basic overview of Aralia and then we'll look at some questions, some points to ponder. So we know that now at this point in time, the seven years of plenty are finishing in in Egypt and the seven years of famine begin. and um, and what happens is, as, as Yosef predicted, people became very, very hungry. And they came to Pharaoh and they said, what should we do? We don't have any food. And Pharaoh then directs them to Yosef and he says he's in charge. And Yosef then starts opening up the warehouses and, and uh, he, is, uh, he is able to start trading for the um, food. Um, it's not just Egypt who's affected, but the whole of the land now comes to Egypt, which is the bread basin of the Middle East at this point in time and certainly during this famine. Yaakov Avinu, living in Canaan, sees that there is food in Egypt and so he turns to his sons and he says, Lama hard for a word to translate, but he encourages them to go and go down to Egypt and get food, not to die there in Canaan. So ten of the children of uh, the sons of, of Yaakov go down, they, he does not send binyami, he's worried that um, perhaps Yikra'enu son, lest an accident happen to him. And there they go, they go and to try to collect among those who are going to Egypt. Um, what happens is that Yosef at this point in time, um, notices that they came in, and he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And he starts speaking to them in a very difficult way. So he says, "You've come from the. Where did you come from?" And they say, "Well, we came from Canaan. We're coming to get food." And they, he says, "No, no. That, I, I remember that we were told on Assad, He remembers the dreams, which he a dream from them, and he accuses them of being spies. And he says that you've come here to find the ervas arets, the nakedness, or the the, the uh, points of attack." for the land and they they say no no that's not at all we're just one we're we're sons really 12 of us one is back home one is not around anymore and we just came to to get uh, to get uh, food so he says well that's precisely the point if your story is going to add up you need to um you would be to, to be t- tested, and you're going to uh, um, go bring back your youngest brother. And he puts them into prison for three days, and then he brings them out, and he says, If you're going to do this, I'm, I fear Elohim, I fear God, you're going to have to do this in order to prove your claim. Very complicated drama that's unfolding in front of us. So, a few basic points here. The, the phrase that Yaakov says to encourage his sons is Lomatis Ra'ul. Why do you, the word Ra'u means to, to see, so Tisra'u is reflexive, see yourself. What, what, what is he saying to them? So Rashi says two possibilities, or actually three possibilities, but two of them are that you, um, he says you, you have to be aware of your neighbors. Remember that the, the benei Edom and the benei Yishmael who live around them are in fact um, perhaps poorer, don't have enough stock and supply as Yaakov and his families. And if you're going to not be going down and you're going to live off your supplies, they're going to get upset, the neighbors are going to get upset, so don't, you need to also be like those around us and go down, even though we're not desperate at this point yet. Another possibility he's saying is that why don't you look to the future and see that we're going to run out? So even though we may have um, supplies now, now's the time to act before it becomes more dangerous. Swarna so says is that, that that it was that they were all looking at each other. Trying to see who's going to be the first person to go, and they, uh, and Yaakov says, Why are you looking at each other? Just go. Could be perhaps that there's a hesitance inside the brothers because they're concerned about what lies in wait in Egypt. They don't know what happens to Yosef. Are they going to meet him? Are they going to not meet him? Is he there? Is he not there? That's perhaps part of the hesitation, which is why Yaakov is also encouraging them. Now, why, why is Yaakov even concerned about Benyamin? As Rashi puts it, quote, in the Midrash Rabbah, surely something can happen to him at home. There's all kinds of terrible things that can happen to people. litzlan. So Rabbi Yaakov says in the Midrash that that the Satan is that the Satan is specifically more. Um, more willing to criticize and to call call into question a person's merits when there's a time of danger, um, so rather stay in a safer place so there's less reason to call into account your merits. The Ravyosha B'chor says the reason why he wants to do this is because Yaakovin has already lost his wife Rachel, he's lost his oldest son from her Yosef, and the only memory, the only remain remaining um, person in that relationship is Binyamin and he wants to be very very careful here. The muscular David takes it one step further to say that his mother and brother, Binyamin's mother, Rachel, and Yosef had both died when they, went, when they were on the way. Rachel was, died on the journey when she died in childbirth on the way when they were going on, on the journey. And Yosef went on a journey to, to fulfill his father's biddings to go find his brothers um, who, were, who were shepherding and tending the sheep. That's when he died. So he said, it's not good to send Binyamin on the journey because that's where his immediate family died. I don't want to go into that same direction again. Now, how could it be, very famous question, how could it be they did not recognize Yosef? Um, and he recognized them. Surely, a the, the person can recognize their brother. Why is this so difficult? So, first thing to notice, of interestingly enough, in this passage is that the word used for recognition and for being foreign is the same word. It's one of these roots, which has opposite meanings depending on the context and the way it is conjugated, so the word is nechar v'yakir v'yakir yosef yosef recognizes. The same root is um that 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 he also becomes foreign to them. So it's it's the same idea. Now, Rashi says, Why is it they couldn't, they did not recognize him? So he says famously that at this point in time he'd grown a beard, and before that he did not have a chasima sasakan, a beard the, um, beforehand. So it was hard to know who he was. However, Rashi also quotes a medrash that this is not about the recognition at this point in time, it's rather an allegory for what happened earlier and now. When they had uh, Yosef in their power and as a young boy, as 17 years old, they had the ability to either you know, spare him or sell him to save slavery, they did not recognize him. They didn't listen to his pleas, his cries, and they sell him cruelly into slavery. But now he has them in his power, in his control, but he is going to recognize them and he's going to show them mercy. So it's a, an allegory to the entire parsha of Ayesha, Miketz, and Vayigash altogether. together. Abba Turin points out that this this word hikiru only appears one other time in Tanakh, and that's in Eo of Perak where it talks about. Eov has um, not only his family and his wealth, but his own health taken from him. He's in such a state of pain and suffering that when his three close friends came to see him, it says that So These three friends come and it says They did not recognize their friend Eov. And the reason is, says the Balatorim, is because the suffering had caused such scarring. He looked so different to the Eov they knew beforehand. explains the Balatorim the same thing over here that Yosef is in such a different station in life. The last time they saw him, he was on the back of a camel sold as a Hebrew slave to the Egyptian culture. They had no reason that he was so different to were the last time they saw him. They could not expect that. And in fact, this goes down to a very important point, and that is, is that we see things through the prism of our expectations. They had no way of expecting that Yosef would be so successful. They could not imagine that Yosef would be the king that he was talking about in his dreams. And because they couldn't even believe that, they couldn't see it. And that's what's going on over here. And this is very true about the way that we choose to see in life. A very important question to be asked in our aliyah. It could be asked in many aliyahs, but specifically over here is, why is Joseph doing this to him? Why does he choose in this aliyah, he sees him, he recognizes them and he chooses to go take them through the ringer, he chooses to make them go through this terrible, terrible experience. Why? What is he doing? So the first possibility we're going to look at is the Ramban. The Ramban says that this is about fulfillment of his dreams. That's what it says Vayez Kores Achalamos. He remembers the dreams, and he remembers that the dreams are that the eleven brothers Anachnu—that means all eleven, um, all twelve brothers, eleven besides for himself—are going to their their sheaths. Are going to bury uh, by the bow down in front of Yosef's sheath. And that being the case, yeah, at this point the dream had not been fulfilled. Only ten of the brothers are here, not the eleventh, not Binyamin. If he if he drops the curtain now and he says, I'm really Yosef, then they would send for the father and Binyamin and then the dreams would not be fulfilled in sequence, which is first the brothers and then Yaakov and the, the mothers. So Yosef needed to ensure that first Binyamin would come down and therefore Yosef sees a dream not as simply a vision of the future, but rather an instruction manual prophecy as to what to do in the future and he needed to um, officiate that, he needed to be the one to uh, organize and orchestrate that. That's what the Ramban says over here and that explains why perhaps he didn't send a letter to Yaakov all these years. When he was a slave we can understand why not but while while he was Viceroy he certainly had seven good years where he had the power to be able to do this and the wherewithal to be able to do this even though he was busy. And the reason why he didn't send it says the Ramban is because he knew that somehow he needed to bring about the, the fulfillment of these dreams and it was going to take his machinations to you know, ensure that first his brothers came down before his father knew about it and this is his moment. Another possibility is that Ramban also suggests this, and Rav Hirsch points this out as well, is that you know, at, at this point in time he wanted to see that there was no longer an animosity between the children of Leah and the children of, uh, between the ch- children of Leah and the children of Rachel. Beforehand there was such an animosity that they actually wanted to kill and s- uh, ultimately sell with their brother into slavery. So what he did was he reconstructed a case in which Binyamin became a liability to them. Binyamin became what looked like a thief, Binyamin became their problem and, the, and they could have resolved their issues by selling him into slavery and telling a story to their father again. He wanted to put them into such a situation in order to see if they had actually changed. They were, Rav Hirsch had put it is, if Yosef had just, you know, so to speak, you know, revealed himself and told who he really was, or if he'd sent a letter to his father in the years beforehand. Yes, they would have all met each other, but they would have been a broken family. Yaakov would have probably kicked out some of the children for the and or they wouldn't be able to speak to them because of the shame of what they did. He and his brothers would have nothing to do with each other the pain would still be there joseph realized that actually just saying that he's around is not going to resolve anything he needed to understand have they changed are they ashamed of what they did and in order for him to understand that it's also important for him to understand his own feelings are is he able to overcome the pain and the? Um, angst of having gone through that, can he forgive them? In order to do that he needs more time. He needs to put them into situations to test them to see if they will act differently and whether he will therefore act and respond differently to them as well. Finally one third possibility which we're going to look at is the Kleyakar and that is, is that he was creating a kapora for them which is an atonement for them. So why, why would he be doing this? So just if you understand all the details they accused him of sh- uh, shuttling information to their father, Dibar Ra, that he, when he was a young boy they felt that he was a liability because he was um, telling tales about them, so what did he do? He, told, he put them in a situation where tales were told about them. He accused them of being um, spies, shuttling information to a foreign entity. They threw him into a pit, so he threw them into a prison. They, they, and he framed Binyamin in order to atone for the sale of, of them selling him as a slave, Yosef as a slave. So they said, well let me frame one of you and see how you deal, deal with whether the, if the punishment is being sold as a slave. So the clear understands that Yosef is, is facilitating, not the fulfillment of the dreams, but the Kapora the necessary um, stage of, of suffering to atone for their sins. One has to be careful with this idea and say, I'm oh, unfortunately object to this idea, because who are we to put other people through? Atonement, you know, one could get into the world we'll called the Count of Monte Cristo complex, where you can have a unbelievably bloodthirsty desire for revenge and go through all kinds of things in order to put another person through what they went through themselves or put you through your, yourself. And it's very dangerous. One has to couple the Cleocra with the idea that this is also uh, an idea of Um, acting within the guidance and the prophecy of the dreams in order to facilitate this, not just simply his own seeking of revenge. With this, we conclude the fourth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.